Thanks for joining me on this journey and welcome to the Journey with Jenny podcast on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV, where we hit all the topics that help and encourage you on this journey of life. Everything from health to mindset to business to finances, anything that helps you and makes your life better, we cover it all. Hello, hello. How are you today? We are talking about gluten-free living today. So this is a hot topic right now. Um, I, you know, there are, there's so much, (laughs) so funny. That was right on my head. It was like, that was my, (laughs) this is, this is my new look. And for those of you who are just listening and not um, watching on SM Enlightenment TV. Um, you missed the graphics, so you'll have to go onto YouTube and check that out. Um, but yes, gluten-free living. And so the thing is, is honestly, I could do a podcast every day, all day on this. Like we could talk about this ad nauseum. And um, for some of you might be very interested in that, that might be your thing. And if it is, let me know, I can talk more about it. Um, But for others of you, it's like, okay, that's not necessarily what I want to hear about all the time. Um, But this is such a big topic currently. And this is a big topic to me personally. And so I think it's a really great thing to talk about um, on several different fronts. One is for those of you who are gluten-free, who are living the gluten-free lifestyle, to have a little bit of solidarity and be like, yes, those are my struggles, because we're going to talk about struggles about it today. Um, For those of you who are like, what the heck is going on? Like, why do I see GF on all this stuff? Why does my server ask me at the restaurant? Why does it seem like there are so many people... Um, choosing gluten-free products or living the gluten-free lifestyle? Is it just a fad? Like what is going on? So we're going to address that because um, I think it's really helpful for you to have some understanding and some perspective on that if that is where you are coming from. So it's really for both sides of the spectrum to really just gain some more information and um, and then for to understand more about it. And then for those of you that are living the lifestyle um, to um, maybe pick up some tips and tricks and just maybe some solidarity with that. So we are going to talk about the explanation of why go gluten-free, what what are the reasons why people do, why is it such a thing right now, um, what are some frustrations and emotions that go along with going gluten-free, um, and then we're going to talk about pitfalls to avoid, and then we're going to talk about how to succeed in the gluten-free lifestyle, okay? So Um, I want to give you some reasons why someone would go gluten-free. And I mentioned that, um, I already mentioned that this is personal to me as well, because I do live the gluten-free lifestyle. So spoiler alert. I, I love this. I'm I'm talking from my personal experience with this, um, and but it definitely it's a journey, and I understand all the places where someone might be on this journey, all the way from kind of standing there looking all around you, and being like, "What the heck? Like, what are people doing? Have you lost your ever-loving mind? Like, why? Like, I don't even get it. Like, just stop. Like, I, I just don't even want to." So I understand that perspective, and then on the full other end of the spe- spectrum of saying like this is my lifestyle. I have to have this and um, to the nth degree. And so I have gone that whole spectrum. So I understand where you might be coming from in all of that. And um, I would say for me personally, um, it was about 
about seven years ago or so, seven, eight years ago um, now, that this concept of going gluten-free was ever really even introduced to me. I never thought about it before that. Guys, I'm way older than, you know, eight years old. Like, I've been around the block a few times. So, I mean, so the proportion of that, the time that I've been gluten-free of my life to the amount of my life that I've been eating gluten and not thinking a thing about it is, you know, out out of, you know, it's a very small portion of my life that I have been gluten-free. So I was living that life of just, okay, whatever, you know, eat whatever, like just never even gave it a thought. And I did um, a a 30 day challenge where um, we took out things that were acidic, addictive, allergenic things um, that cause inflammation, things that you might not want in your diet, took them out and gluten was one of them. And I was like, okay, I can do anything for 30 days. I can do this. I'm like, I can't wait for the day 30. I can put it back in. And I remember on that journey that there were people that were coaching us and helping us, um, giving recipes, giving different product ideas and different things like that. And um, like just giving different things that we could try. And I got this impression that at least one of the people or some of the people might actually live this way. And I'm like, are are you, are you kidding me? Like, no, thank you. Like, I just can't wait for these 30 days to be over. Like, what? Why would you ever actually live your life gluten-free? That is crazy. Um, and then, you know, fast forward, just understanding like, wow, after those 30 days, I realized what an effect it had on my life. And I'm like, oh, well, there might be something to it. And that started my journey towards getting it out of my system. And then truth be told, I know that there's always like kind of that main thing that happens that kind of forces someone to, um, to really do it to the full degree. Um, and maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Maybe I'll save that for later. I'll save the rest of my story for later, um, for you to hear more about my journey. But, but I, I went through that. Like, so I understand the stages and the emotions that go along with it. So Let's start with what are the reasons why someone would go gluten-free? Why would you live a gluten-free lifestyle? Okay. So there is, I do feel like there is a lot of different misunderstanding out there of what gluten-free means um, and why, you know, are people getting caught up in this fad or whatever. So the reality is that there is a legitimate allergy gluten, allergy to gluten um, that exists. And then there's also celiac disease and there's also gluten sensitivity. So there's several different levels, if you will, or several different reasons why someone might go gluten-free. So let's start off by explaining those and kind of parsing them out and understanding um, what they are. So let's start with celiac disease. All right. So um, you may or may not have heard of celiac disease, um, but it is an autoimmune disease. And if you know anything about autoimmune diseases, um, it has to do with your autoimmune system. And um, so it's a serious autoimmune disease that occurs in genetically predisposed predisposed people. Um, so you, there is a genetic component to having celiac, um, where the ingestion of gluten leads to damage in the small intestine. Okay. So it's an estimated to affect about one in 100 people worldwide. So I think this is really interesting. So two and a half million Americans are undiagnosed 
for celiac disease and are at risk for long-term health complications. So the thing is when people with celiac disease, so when they eat gluten, which what gluten is, it's a, it's a protein that's found in wheat, rye, and barley. Okay. So it's found in those three different things. Um, their body mounts this autoimmune response that attacks the small intestine. So basically when you, you put the gluten in your body, then your body is attacking itself. It attacks the small intestine. So these attacks then lead to damage on the villi. And what the villi are, these small finger-like projections that line the, the inside of the small intestine. So they... Um, they are all these little villi there, and those promote nutrient absorption. So if you're blunting them, then you're not able to absorb the nutrients from the foods that you are eating. So this is what is happening when um, when you eat gluten, it damages the villi, and then that leads to a lack of ability to absorb nutrients. And one of the first, this was fascinating when I found this out. So if you're wondering, if you're using this as something like, oh, this is interesting, like, could this possibly affect me? Could this affect anyone I know? Something I learned along the way is that the, so those little villi and they start getting blunted, they start getting eroded away. The edges of them, the very end of them is regarding dairy. So once those um, start being blunted, the first thing to have a hard time with absorbing is dairy. So if you start having an issue with dairy and don't feel good when you have dairy, it could be um, a precursor, could be a sign that your villi, villi are being blunted and it's um, a symptom of celiac disease. So it's just something to pay attention to, something to be aware. So, um, so I did mention that celiac disease is hereditary, meaning that it runs in families. And so people with um, a first degree relative with celiac disease, like a parent, a child, a sibling, will have one in 10 risk of developing celiac disease. And celiac disease can develop at any age after people start eating foods or having medicines um, that contain gluten. So um, it doesn't matter how old you are. Um, and so here's the thing, though. Remember I mentioned that there's a lot of people that are undiagnosed with celiac disease. So Left untreated celiac disease can lead to additional serious health problems. Some people um, can't have products that say manufactured in the same facility. Yeah, there's a great graphic. So for those of you that are uh, watching on the TV, like there's there's a it represents a lot of people that this affects. Um, so yeah, so it's just you know, eighty three percent are misdiagnosed or undiagnosed. So the, just the amount of people that are walking around not knowing. So this is why it's important to really understand and, and hear this and be like, huh, I don't know, you know, do I have um, any issues with these things? Um, and uh, and I do want to say like so. The thing is, is that a lot of the symptoms of it, so it's an autoimmune disease. So it's a lot of the same kind of symptoms that you would have with a lot of other autoimmune diseases. And it's one of those things where it, it builds up over time and it builds up and builds up and builds up, which is why a lot of people don't tend to be diagnosed till later in life because they don't realize that all these seemingly random things actually go together in this one disease. Um, so, and obviously things get worse the longer that they are left untreated. So that is a quick synopsis of celiac disease. So then there's non-celiac 
gluten sensitivity. So this is having a gluten sensitivity, but you are not um, diagnosed with celiac. You don't have the genetic predisposition to it, but you still do not react well to gluten. So symptoms of non-celiac gluten sensitivity can be bloating, diarrhea, constipation, which is kind of crazy because they're opposite things, but they can still be symptoms of the same thing. Um, abdominal pain, headaches, migraines, tiredness, skin problems, including rashes and psoriasis, depression, weight loss, iron deficiency, anemia, anxiety, autoimmune disorders, joint and muscle pain, leg or arm numbness, and brain fog. Now, that was quite a list, I know. Um, and it's just, it's just interesting to note that those are actually, those are all things that also are symptoms um, that are related to celiac disease as well. So you can see it's, it's very, very similar. The end result is, is similar in how it's manifested in your body. Um, the difference is that some people have the actual gene that is celiac disease, um, but these symptoms are very, very similar. These are things that gluten does in your body. So um, then the third thing is a wheat allergy. So these two things, the celiac disease and the non-celiac gluten sensitivity are different from a wheat allergy. So in a wheat allergy, you can have a reaction that immediately requires medical attention due to its life-threatening symptoms, so such as anaphylaxis. So that's what you think of when you think of allergy. Um, so you can have that response to it. So, um, so there's different manifestations of what gluten does to your body and reasons why people wouldn't um, consume gluten, but the end result is a living a gluten-free lifestyle. And that is what, and so going back to celiac, that there isn't a medication for it. It's like the, what you do is you take gluten out of your diet. You do not consume gluten, you, uh, you do not consume gluten. You do not um, use products that have gluten in it. So, oh, there's a great graphic. That's awesome. Showing um, the effects of celiac disease. And the thing is that like, I read that whole list of things that are associated with non-celiac gluten sensitivity and that like how celiac manif manifests in your body is all over. And, and the thing too, to realize is that different people get different symptoms. And so like some people will get a rash. Some people will get things that look like kind of like psoriasis or just bumps on their skin. Um, some people will have um, headaches. Some people will have stomach aches. Uh, some people have constipation. Some people have diarrhea. Some people will hit them right away. Other people, it will like mount up and, and be like a, a prolonged, like several days of pain. Um, so, so it manifests very differently in everyone. So, so that's another reason why it's kind of tricky to kind of put your finger on, but I share these things, um, one to just educate you, to let you know of reasons why people are gluten-free. And then also to understand that if you have any of these things that they might be warning signs of things to, you know, just kind of pay attention to or have a conversation um, with your doctor. And that's the thing is that um, one of the things that is so helpful is that it's, it's more than it's more than just those things. Um, it's great to just move away from processed grains and food because the, the processed foods that we are eating just have heightened amounts of gluten in them. It has 
um, just a lot of things that do affect our bodies in this way. So you may have an intolerance that you are not even aware of. You might notice that you have bloating or gassiness or constipation or diarrhea, rashes, hives, general uncomfortableness after ingesting gluten and foods that have a lot of contaminants in them. Um, this includes a lot of gluten containing foods. There's a difference between eating whole grains and eating a bunch of processed junk. And so I think that we would all benefit from just eating a lot less of the processed foods, um, basically in the middle of the grocery store. I don't know if you've ever heard like shop the perimeter of the grocery store. That's more where you want to be buying the foods because everything in the middle are in boxes and bottles and cans and things that, you know, can last for a long time and they're highly processed. And so there's a lot of contamination in them. They might not be made of gluten, but they have the contaminants um, that are put um, on the gluten and on different things that are grown in fields. And so so it's still affecting your body in this way. So, um, so just be aware of that, of these kinds of symptoms that you might be having. Um, it, it could be because of what you are eating and um, the processed foods, the gluten foods, the gluten containing foods that you're having. So, so it's really important to understand the reasons why people are gluten free. Um, for a lot of people, it is a necessity. Um, for others, they feel better when they are not having it. And I would just recommend to you, if you're not sure, um, just try going gluten free for 30 days and just and then put it back in your diet and just see how you react to it um, because then that can that can be your thing. Like just it's just an experiment. I mean, that's what I did. I'm like, oh, you know, I've never heard of this. I, I Let's give it a whirl. Let's just try it out. OK, so those are reasons why someone would be gluten free. Now, I want to talk about. So what are some of the difficulties of going gluten free of of turning towards this gluten-free lifestyle because, okay, it's one thing like, you know, if your doctor says, okay, you're diagnosed with celiac or you need to be off gluten, then it's a whole nother thing to be like, oh my goodness, like, how do I do that? And um, I'm not going to lie to you. It, there is a real emotional battle that goes with it. There's a, there's a true loss um, that goes with that. And you need to treat it as such because especially if you, um, you know, if you're someone like me that has eaten gluten your whole life, it, it, it affects a lot of different things and especially affects things socially. Um, and so it's, it's emotionally difficult to not be able to eat the things that you used to. And if you really stop and think, in a, think about it, food, like sharing a meal and who do you do that? You share a meal with those that you love and with your family, with your friends, like who you invite into your home at your table. Like it's all very connected. And so those specific foods that we have for our birthdays or for special events or ways that we celebrate, um, so much of that is tied to food. And then so many of those things contain gluten that now that you are not able to eat and then you feel like you can't partake in that activity and there's a sense of loneliness and a sense of loss. And so I know those of you who have gone gluten-free or in the process of it, like you understand this. And so, it, and it just think of, um, 
think of our kids, like the kids that like, you know, one of my kids had to go gluten-free. And so like as a kid, like those emotional things, like, so think about the birthday parties that you go to, right? And um, what does everyone have at a birthday party? They have pizza and they have cake. <laughs> like that's like the standard birthday party fair that you would have. And and so like, you know, in a 10-year-old's eyes, an 11-year-old's eyes, and a 12-year-old's eyes, like what do you do with that? And so just the, just feeling different and be, feeling singled out and, um, is, is definitely a process to go through. Um, so just going to parties, eating at school, um, having school parties, going to a restaurant, going out with friends, um, just it, there's different standards there and it can be difficult. Now, obviously once you start living this way and once you start getting the hang of it, then it's just what you do. But in those initial stages and it, it's definitely, a loss and um, and it feels like a loss. And so I would recommend if you are in that process um, to treat it that way and to respect your emotions and to understand and really honor what you are experiencing and let those things go and be ready for a new chapter and um, a new discovery and, and doing new baking and, and trying new foods and um, creating new different memories um, and just and really working through that. Um, if you need to see something, uh, see someone to work through that. And if you're feeling that way, I would highly recommend it. it, it it's not silly. It's not um it, it really isn't because it, it is, it's a loss and it's, it's a journey that you need to, to work through or just team up with someone who has gone through it or reach out to me. Um, like I'd be happy to connect with you about it, but just be aware that there is that emotional component and there's those hurdles that you're going to come up against. Like, you know, when everyone's going out to eat or just grabbing this, or it takes more planning and takes more thinking through where, um, you can have, um, you know, where you can eat different things. So, um, so how would I recommend moving to the gluten-free lifestyle? So, well, it depends on why you're doing it. If it's celiac or an allergy, it definitely needs to be abrupt. <laughs> it needs to be like, cut it out right then. Absolutely. Um, no more. Um, but if it's just to discover how you feel about it, um, it's like I did when I first started before I knew that I really ought to be gluten-free. It's definitely a process. So like I was just saying, it's difficult at first. Everything is changing. It feels like things are being taken away. Um, it's difficult to navigate all those things, the new brands, the new foods, the new recipes. Um, so just when you're getting the hang of it, um, I would just, you know, just own it and um, seek help in being able to get uh, recipes. And what I actually did was I started changing a few things at a time and just like, okay, let's experiment with this. I'm going to swap out my pasta. I'm going to um, swap out um, the breadcrumbs that we use and just different things like that, because it's definitely a process to find, um, those things that you like and things that work for you. Um, so being willing to just kind of go through that process and being gracious with yourself, because like I said, it is emotional. It is a journey, um, but understand the reasons why you are doing it. Um, and I think that gives a lot, it goes back to mindset. We talked about mindset. Um, if you didn't listen to the mindset episode, it was our very first one. Um, go back and listen to that because mindset is everything. Mindset affects affects all of what we do, including something like this with moving to a gluten free lifestyle. It 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 is an over overarching uh, way that you view the process, and that's going to make a big difference 
on your success. So those are the reasons why someone would go gluten-free. Those are some of the uh, difficulties and barriers that you might have and might come up against going gluten-free. And um, we are going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to dive back in to more great things about going gluten-free. So thanks for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. I'm Jenny and I'll be right back. Welcome back to Journey with Jenny on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV and the Journey with Jenny podcast. I'm Jenny, and we have been discussing gluten-free living. So we left off talking about, yes, there's my new head. (laughs) We left off talking about the reasons why someone would even live a gluten-free lifestyle. And then we talked about some of the difficulties of doing that. Um, So now we're going to go into our third thing. We're going to talk about, so, okay, I've decided to go gluten-free. What are some pitfalls to avoid? What are some things that I don't know about. And so I love sharing these things because these are things that I didn't know. And so I I just would assume are pretty common that you wouldn't know. And so things that you need to learn that if you do want to live a gluten-free lifestyle. So um, the first thing that I would say is don't assume that things that seem like they should be gluten-free are gluten-free. <laughs> I'm like, it's it's the it's the craziest thing. Like things that you like, well, there's no gluten in that. Well, there could be hidden sneaky gluten in that because uh for example, thinking of um sometimes they will line bags with uh, a gluten mixture. Um but there's no gluten in the actual product that is inside the bag, but now there is gluten in it because they put it on the lining of the bag. So just, there's a lot of really random things that you, things that you just want to even think about. Um, So I know some people thought it was crazy in the beginning. Like, why are you checking that? Why are you reading the ingredients? Why are you reading the labels? Clearly that's gluten-free. And like the carrots are gluten-free. It's like, well, like I just, I need to make sure because different brands do different things. And let me tell you, you learn, a lot about different companies and different brands when you are researching things like this. So so that would be the first pitfall that I would encourage you to avoid is don't assume. Don't assume that something you think is gluten-free or you think should be gluten-free, um, just it, it isn't always actually gluten-free. So that's the first thing. All right. The next thing is, is that when you have um, celiac or have an allergy, um, the GF certification, the gluten-free certification 
is key. So that is um, a great label. And so it's a great place to start. For some people that have crazy, 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 like to the nth degree sensitivity, everyone, like I mentioned before, everyone has different levels of sensitivity. Um, and when things are labeled, they're labeled for the certain parts per million. So there's always a chance in any product that there could be some lurking gluten. But there is a lot of um, stringent... Um, uh, or things that go into the gluten-free, the GF certification, so gluten-free label. So when a product says gluten-free on it, um, that is a great place to start. All right, so the next thing I want to share is that, so we were just talking about don't assume that things are gluten-free, like why wouldn't it be? All right, so I'm going to share a couple, um, a few random things that have gluten in them that I like if this were like I, I wish I could play like a game show thing like take a guess like what do you think would be gluten-free um so for those of you who are watching you can see the first one so the first odd thing right there yeah so for those of you who are not watching it's Twizzlers Twizzlers have gluten in them people <laughs> like why? Why would it? But it does. So I'm telling you, there's like really random things that you would think like, what? like, like, okay, yeah, bagel. Okay, yeah, I'm not going to have that. Of course, that has gluten in it. But Twizzlers, like, really? Okay, so that's our first like really, I know, like, it, oh, just, it's like, you can't even make this stuff up. Okay, so Twizzlers is the first random thing. Random thing number two. Yeah, spices, seasonings. You would be surprised. Like, and this ranges from brand to brand. I kid you not. So let's take chili powder, for example. Like, you know, you want to make tacos. You want to have chili. You want to have, like, put it in whatever. So, so you know, you you pick the um, the chili powder. Like, I have, and I'll talk about different tips and tricks um, later to uh, to be able to help you through this. Like, I have a scanner. I have an app I use to scan it. And, like, the one brand says can contain, might contain gluten in it. Another one, yep, totally fine. So, it, it ranges from brand to brand. It's not just, oh, chili powder. It's chili powder by this company, chili powder from this company. So, it's crazy things. So, you have to take it seasoning by seasoning. And then, okay, so those are just, like, the straight-up actual like you have your onion powder garlic powder chili powder like all those different seasonings then seasoning packets forget about it <laughs> like good luck finding those so like that's when i started making my own seasonings and my own mixes because the to trying to find a gluten-free one and trying to um just make sure they actually were gluten-free was uh pretty difficult but i'm sure like anything things will evolve and i'm sure there will be great companies that come out with them but for the most part a lot of them in the grocery store are just um kind of difficult to find so that was so seasonings was random thing number two and then the random thing number three is oh no that's not that's not actually that's not it um the random thing number three is envelopes envelopes so back in the now this actually okay this is actually really showing my age <laughs> because like who uses an envelope anymore who actually sends anything in the mail well for those of you who still do snail mail and still send notes and cards and things in the mail when you take the envelope and you want to go to lick it to close it yeah that contains gluten so 
if you are avoiding gluten, if you have to be stringent about it, if you're celiac, have an allergy, like you will not be licking those envelopes anymore. So there's your three random things that have gluten in it. So Twizzlers, seasonings, envelopes. So there's more. I'm just giving you a little taste of it, a little tip of the iceberg there. All right. So the next thing then, so you look at your kitchen, right? And you say, okay, what do I need to change out? What do I need to get new items for? Okay. So there's um, a couple different things. One is a toaster. Um, and that seems kind of obvious. If you think about it, you're putting bread in there and then you have the crumbs everywhere and stuff. So um, you can't clean that out. Like you need to get a new toaster and one that you will only use gluten-free bread in it. Okay. The next one is a pizza stone. Okay, so I have a story about a pizza stone. So I don't know how many of you have um, have a pizza stone. So it's like a, a porous, heavy, um, you know, made of stone, and you put your pizza on it, and you can heat it up in the oven, or you can put it in your grill. So we had um, we had a pizza stone, um, and so I'm like, okay, I need to get rid of that. And then we still had, um, so what I had decided to do was just get gluten out of the house. I, I like, there's a lot, and we'll talk about this too, but there's a lot of different ways that you can do it. There's different things that you can do. My decision was, I'm just going to get gluten out of the house. We're going to be strictly a gluten-free house. And um, so I still had a um, glutinous pizza, a frozen pizza in the freezer. And so I was like, oh, well, you know, the others in the family can eat that. Like I will just fix that up and just, you know, just use it. So, um, which was mistake number one, I should have just gotten rid of it. Like none of us need it. So that was mistake number one. So I'm like, okay, I just bought a new piece of stone and I'm like, okay, I'm going to set my piece of stone over here. And so I put out tin foil on the, in, in the oven and put the pizza in there and cooked it, did great. Okay pull it out of the oven. And then, um, then I was like, well, I don't have anything big enough to put it on to cut it. So without even thinking, I took the pizza and put it directly on the brand new pizza stone and it just contaminated the new, brand new pizza stone. And I had to get rid of it. So like, I just, you can't even make this stuff up. So, um, so don't do what I did. Um, but so you will need to get a new pizza stone. Um, anything that you have porous, like if you have some of those porous nine by 13s or jelly roll pans, um, stones, um, those, you can't get the gluten out of that. And so you would need to, um, get rid of that and get a new one. Uh, something else that you might not necessarily think about that you would need to get a new one is a colander. And that's because even if you put the colander in the dishwasher, the the gluten, the the particles can still stick into all the holes in uh, in the colander, and you can't guarantee that you can get rid of all of them. So um, that would be something that you would want to get rid of and get a new thing. Um, another thing to think about is uh, wooden utensils. So wood um, is porous and it can trap the the gluten in there and makes it very difficult to actually clean and get it out of. So it's better just to get rid of and get new ones. And then the last thing I want to mention about things to swap out um, in your kitchen, this is not an exhaustive list, but some, just a few of the highlights um, are cutting boards. Again, for the same reason, um, it's very difficult to actually get those clean um, and it can harbor the gluten in them. So, um, <clears throat> so those are all things, items that you would want to switch out 
in your kitchen, um, especially if you have celiac, if you have an allergy, um, and you want to make sure that you have all the gluten particles out of your kitchen. All right. So um, the next thing about you know pitfalls to avoid is again going back to assumptions. So don't assume that everyone is going to understand the severity of it. So um, we're talking about, you know, if you have celiac, if you have an allergy, um, even if you have non-celiac gluten sensitivity, even if you're just like, I feel better, like this makes a difference. Um, but not everyone, like we talked about this in the, in the top of the show, just where everyone is on the continuum, everyone's in a different place with having understanding about this and, and just where they are with thinking about it and having just awareness. And so not everyone is going to understand your severity of what gluten does to you and why you're choosing to do this. Um, and that includes family. So just be gracious with them. Just don't expect everyone to be able to, to get it and to understand um, the precautions that you have to take and the things that you need to do. All right. The next one is I would say, and it might kind of sound a little bit counterintuitive, but I would say, don't just go hog wild on all of the gluten-free brands. And the I would just encourage you to just use them as a special treat or use them occasionally, but don't live on them. And, and here's why, because it's still better. There's still like things in a box. There's still processed foods. So it's still better to eat pure whole foods. Um, that's always going to be the best thing for your body, for your diet. Um, but, um, but it's great. I mean, the, the choices that we have now, um, especially when I talk to people that have been gluten-free, like, you know, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, the number of brands has just absolutely exploded. And there are so many choices, which is such a wonderful thing. It is such a blessing. Um, so if you do want um, low down on the brands, that I use on the um, different things, things that taste good, things that don't, you know, obviously taste is all subjective, but we've tried a lot of things in our house. Um, and my kids are pretty, uh, pretty honest <laughs> with their taste buds. I'm like, oh, that's awful. Or, oh, this is a good one. Um, and so if you want the lowdown, um, definitely reach out to me. Um, we can chat about that. I can share that with you. Um, something else, um, another pitfall to avoid is um, things that, again, you might not actually think about, but there very well could be and probably is gluten in your hair care, in your skin care, and in your makeup. So for those of you who are girls who are using makeup, um, that might be causing you issues. And so um, I know that was something that one of my clients was just so excited about was that having the gluten-free makeup um, that um, she was just so happy to be able to have that. And so um, things, again, that you might not think about that might be causing you problems and causing whatever, um, breakouts or rashes or just um, irritation. Um, so that's something to be aware of and don't fall um, into that. Uh, don't go into that pitfall. Okay. The next one is what I was alluding to earlier is deciding how things are going to work in your house. So there's a couple of different options of things that you can do. One is to choose to go totally gluten-free. No gluten comes in the house. Um, no gluten um, is served in this house. Um, so that's one option. Um, another option is to have a gluten-free section 
in the in the um, kitchen. Um, so the these utensils, these things, this is all um, in this cupboard, this area of the counter, this is the gluten-free space. Um, and delineate that and then all the rest um, can have gluten in it. So that's an option um, that works very well for a lot of people. Um, as you already know from my story, that was not going to work for me. That was just for, for me personally too stressful to try to figure out. Like I'm just moving too fast in the kitchen do, doing things like and just couldn't keep up with that. Something else I know that some people do is um, anything that's in a closed container, like individual portions for like lunches for the kids or things like that, um, that can have gluten in like pretzels or things that you would just be having at lunch that are going to be eaten out of the house. Um, so that can alleviate some of the costs that is associated with getting all gluten-free items. Um, so that's another option too, is kind of to have it mostly be gluten-free, but things that are contained and then will be eaten outside of the house. Um, I know um, someone else, um, when they have some gluten things, um, the they eat them outside and so that they're not inside. So there's a lot of different um, options of things that you can do. Um, but those are, um, so those are all different pitfalls that I wanted to share with you of things to not fall into. Okay. And then the last thing I want to do, number four, is give you some tips on how to succeed transitioning to the gluten-free lifestyle. Okay, so if you're in that place in life, you're like, okay, I need to do this. Um, what? Give me your best tips, right? So here they are. So have a mental commitment. So we talked about this with mindset a little bit earlier, um, but for me, my partial commitment. I was just partially committed. I was dabbling in it. I was kind of living a little bit gluten-free and it was helping, but it wasn't what I needed. My doctor was telling me like, Jenny, you need, you need to be gluten-free. Like you need to get this out. And I'm like, yeah, I'm close to it. I you know have a little bit here and there, but like I, you know, whatever. But it was when it came down to my kids, it was my kids. They were the reason why? And for those of you who are moms out there, parents, you know, dads, um, you know, when it comes to our kids, right, you know, that mama bear, that papa bear comes out and like, okay, for them, I will do it. And so that's what it was for me when my daughter had that celiac diagnosis, like, okay, that's it. Gluten is out of the house. We're done. That's it. And so I, I was moving towards that and I knew I needed to be there. Um, so sometimes you need that final push. Um, but when you have that total commitment, that mental decision, um, that is just, it's lights out then it's game over. Like you can do it. So for me, it took doing it for my kids. I don't know what, it was, maybe it is the doctor <laughs> telling you, maybe it is just hearing this and being like, oh, well, I want that for my life. So having that mental commitment is key. So that would be one of my biggest and best tips for you is that mental commitment, that mindset of why you're doing it, doing it for your health, for you to feel better, for you to be able to live longer, to to live a fuller life, and um, for your kids, for those that love you, um, that um, all your family that is connected to you. Um, I would also say connect with people. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can connect with people. There's a lot of great Facebook groups, um, connecting with friends, finding out other friends that are living a gluten-free lifestyle, having that accountability is um, so helpful. Um, and just people 
um, that are committed to that gluten-free lifestyle. And, and even if it's friends that aren't committed to that, but are committed to you and encouraging you through that, just having those connections and, and enlisting as many people as possible is uh, really, really helpful. Um, and then I would also say another tip is experiment with different brands to find the ones that you like. So be willing to, okay, just try this one, try this one, um, because they're not all the same. And, um, and I think you're going to find some things that you do like, but just be committed and be willing to try out different ones and have an open mind. Um, another one, as I would say, is get cookbooks. Um, use the internet. The internet is a great source. There are so many gluten-free recipes and cookbooks and all kinds of things out there. Um, and I will just add, it was just fun. My daughter loves watching um, uh, cooking show, baking shows. And so uh, one of them we were watching, and then one of the teams that came on it was a gluten-free baking team. And so that was really, really cool to see. So, um, but there's lots of things out there that can give you resources. I mentioned earlier um, about an app. Um, there's two apps that I particularly use, um, the GF Scanner, Gluten-Free Scanner, and uh, Find Me Gluten-Free. So those are both really great apps. The scanner is great because it has a lot of foods in the database and you can actually scan the barcode in the grocery store and check and see if it um, is gluten-free or not. Um, and then Find Me Gluten-Free is a great one to be able to find restaurants around you um, that um, are places that you can eat that have gluten-free cuisine. Um, so find your go-to restaurants, find your go-to brands, um, and just you know stick with those things that work. So, and I just ask you, to be understanding and encouraging to those of your friends around you who are anyone around you who are gluten-free. Um, many are not doing it by choice and some are, and perhaps maybe you have an issue with it and you just simply um, are unaware of it. Maybe you don't even realize it. So I just encourage you to please be kind and understanding as understanding as possible to those around you who are gluten-free. Um, it's not necessarily an easy path, especially because of our culture, the culture that we live in, um, but it is a path that's worth it. So I hope this has been helpful to you. And I do want to just end with this. If you need help, um, then I recommend I recommend what I started with my personal story is going gluten-free for 30 days to see how you feel and see um, if, and I, I know that this can seem overwhelming to hear that. I'd be like, what, what, how am I going to do that? So I recommend having a support group and I offer a 30 day program that does just that. And it is a program that offers support and accountability. And the point is to successfully create habits that can become a healthy lifestyle. So you get everything that you need for 30 days, including a coach, which is me, um, to help you make those changes. Um, if you're on Facebook, you get a Facebook community of over 3,000 people who are on the same journey. Very, very encouraging, sharing recipes, sharing uh, grocery store lists. Um, it's simple. It's easy to follow. It's convenient. It's great for busy, busy people. It's essentially the easy button to bring on more health into your life. And so um, just a reminder, like if you need a reminder of why would I do that? Why would I need to ask yourself if you were experiencing any of these things, bloating, feeling foggy, constipation and or diarrhea, craving sugar, craving caffeine, food cravings, especially for those fake and processed foods, not sleeping through the night, lacking energy, feeling anxious, skin concerns, unwanted weight. These are all reasons why doing the 30 days, getting the gluten now, getting these other things that are really affecting you, 
out of your diet. And so um, this program can show you how great that you were meant to feel. So if you are interested, if you want to know more about that, if you want support, if you want any things um, answered on what I shared today, or if you want to hear more about this, um, let me know. So I'm on Instagram. Reach out to me at Jenny Hardy. So it's J-E-N-N-I-E-H-A-R-D-Y. Um, and so I would love to be able to just hook you up with everything you need about that. So I hope this info has been helpful for you. And thanks for listening. That's a wrap. Thanks so much for joining me on SM Enlightenment Radio or TV or joining us on the Journey with Jenny podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please download my podcast and leave a five-star rating and review. It really does help, and I would be so grateful. I'm Jenny. Have a good one.